Hey guys, welcome back to RU Weekly, Reinhardt FCA Podcast. I'm Cooper, and I'm excited. I'm here with Mary. I'm here with Sam. We got a great talk today on gratefulness, the power of gratitude, how it changes everything. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor. I am excited. Let, let me tell you about this sponsor, Waleska Candle Co. You might think it's just another candle company, but this is not some large brand, big box name. This is local, artisanal, handcrafted candles right here in the heart of Waleska. If you're looking for a gift that will not only make those who don't get it jealous, but will also encourage and equip students to live out the gospel, go buy these candles. Because not only are you getting a great gift, every purchase, 20% goes to sending collegiate athletes to FCA College Leadership Camp this summer. Are you kidding me? What other brand does that? Hop on the train to Aleska Candle Co. Visit the link in bio. Make everybody happy. Get some candles in your life. I got three to five burning in my home right now. You won't regret it. Waleska Candle Co. Lincoln Bio influence the future through the purchase of a candle. All right, now to the episode. Mary, what's up? What's up? Sam, what's up? What's happening? Before we get into this talk about gratefulness, you got a question for us, Sam. I do. All right. Least favorite and favorite dish at Thanksgiving. My favorite dish is creamed corn. Now, I would like to make you know, a division there. I don't really care much for um, cream corn that's made from scratch. I want that, you know, that green log of cream corn that you get from it's the freezer yellow. section? It's yellow. It's yellow what? and green. Yellow and green. It's yellow and green. I know exactly. That's how my mama makes it. Just put it in the so pot, good. heat it up, put it in there with half a stick it's of like butter, some frozen. salt and pepper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so oh, yeah. good. We don't need to complicate so things. good. Here's the thing that I don't like. The number one food, not just in Thanksgiving, but my all-time least favorite food, and I can't trust people who like these, deviled eggs. Deviled <laughs> eggs are the most disgusting <laughs> food creation known to mankind. You have to hard-boil an egg, take out the yolks, put them in a bag, mix it up with vinegar and mayonnaise, put it in a piping bag just to swirl it back out in a turd fashion for somebody to eat it with paprika on top. It is the <laughs> grossest when I walk into a room, when I walk into a room of a feast, and I hate church potlucks now, because as soon as they take the lid off those godforsaken deviled eggs, <laughs> you smell it and it infects every crevice of everything you eat and I just can't do it. So favorite cream corn, least favorite deviled eggs. My favorite, I don't know if it would be deviled eggs necessarily for Thanksgiving, but I love, 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 love deviled eggs. Love them. I eat them every time. So I'm for those. But my my favorite, I would have to say, is dressing or like sweet potato like casserole with like the sugar and the marshmallows and all the things on top. Like that's like crusted on top. So good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're nodding their head yes. <laughs> no, I don't like sweet, sweet potatoes. I like savory sweet potatoes. But potato. you know what I'm talking Mary, about. Mary, why do we disagree so often in our likes? Like the fact that that you enjoy deviled eggs makes me sweat. 
That's weird. I'm, like, I'm getting I'm angry. I don't know why I get angry when people voice their opinions in favor of deviled eggs. But like, I just get so frustrated that people like that. Well, look the who they're named after. Is, the good thing is, is like, I eat them so you don't have to. Look who they're named after, Mary. Like, if we went to the same feast, I would take care of I, I, one part of the meal, and you would take care of the turkey because I don't care for the turkey. And so I'd rather have ham over my turkey, but also cranberry sauce. That's not for me. And coleslaw. (laughs) Not everybody has coleslaw at their. (laughs) It's a Louisville thing right there. They don't all have it at their Thanksgiving, but most families do. Yeah. Your favorite, least favorite. Um, well, Mary actually took my least favorite. I'm uh, I'm on the anti cranberry sauce train. I don't know what it's for. It's not that good. It's no marketing ploy. No one it's, knows. What do you, what does it go on? It looks Turkey? like it stain no. your mouth, like your no. teeth, doesn't it's, it? It's it's like it's like the consistency of a beet and the taste of like bad jello. I don't even know if I know what it tastes like. I, like I refuse to put it on my plate. I, uh, yeah. When you see the can indentions in it and it's like Oh yeah. rumpled through. No. Like that is disgusting. No. I'm not yeah. for that. No, we're not. And then and then they try to like mix it up with a spoon, <laughs> right. but it doesn't it doesn't no, mix up all the way. It, it, it gets it in little <laughs> circular discs. Yes. Yeah. The discs. That's what what's that? that's weird. And they what just cut that? it with a butter knife. Yeah. Right on the can ridge. We're not about that. It's not about that. Um, favorite? My, my favorite is uh, every Thanksgiving, uh, me and my brother, we're responsible for one item, and that is the Crock-Pot mac and cheese. Mm. Yes, mac and That's cheese it. is That's so That's all we superior. have to do. Now, we have to like set up the bonfire or whatnot like that, but that is our only food responsibility. Isn't so it? You have a bonfire? Isn't it no burn right now? No, you can burn right now. On our property, we do what we want. All right. Um, I heard. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. My brother's coming into town. I love my brother. Um, he's my little brother, and I'm just excited to see him. So we were talking earlier um, this morning off the podcast about rhythms of, of gratefulness and how sometimes it can be cliche to when you get so close to Thanksgiving to talk about thankfulness and to th- talk about gratitude. But um, it's really important because we can so often uh, forget to be thankful and forget to focus on gratitude. And so I think it's really something special that God gives us as a, as a special grace that we get into these liturgical rhythms where we get to enter in to specific times of thanksgiving because we're forced not only by scripture but we're forced by greater society to think about thanksgiving so mary i want to ask you this question why is it so hard sometimes to be grateful i think for me it it's easy for me to think that this life is about me and my comfort. And so I will quickly get upset or not be grateful for the season I'm walking in or the things that are happening in my life, good or bad, um, because I'm selfish. And I think that the world should revolve around me. And I would never say that out loud. But if I were to really examine my heart, that's probably deep down how I feel. And thinking that everyone should cater to my needs. Everyone should know what my needs are and that I should benefit in every circumstance. And when you look at scripture, when you look at especially, I mean, you can look at all of scripture, but we can take Paul, for example, in the New Testament. You can take Peter, for example. Like Peter's good was dying on a cross upside down. 
you know, that was, that was what was good. And that was what was most glorifying to God. And I think a lot of times we, especially in our own culture, we think we must be comfortable at all times. We can only glorify the Lord in our comfortability. And I think a lot of times I find that I'm quick to glorify myself and my own needs when everything is comfortable. It is when I am uncomfortable. It is when I am walking through something hard that I realize this life isn't about me. And if my aim is not to glorify God, if it's not to give him the honor that he deserves, then I'm usually not grateful because I'm really upset about my circumstance. So I think it's honestly just my selfishness is the reason why it's hard to be grateful in, in good or bad seasons because I have um, too much pride. I think you hit on something really important. Um, being grateful requires us to make more of the good we have over the good we don't have. We often focus, especially in America, on the good that's in front of us instead of the good that is with us. We see things that God has given other people and we crave those. And so we crave future blessings without looking at our current blessings. And I think that's what causes ingratitude. And knowing that it's a natural desire of all creatures to put the creation over the creator. And Mm -hmm. so we start looking more to what the things have been created bring us instead of what the creator bring us. And then I think it's just natural because we live in a society that cultivates ingratitude. Our culture convinces us that normal people are miserable and don't have enough. Right. When you think about your life and you think about what's being told to you in movies, TVs, music, wherever you are, is that your relationship's not good enough, your looks aren't good enough, you're not strong enough, you don't make enough money, you're not happy enough, and you need all these things to reach that. And so our culture tries to convince us that we're not grateful, that we're missing something, and so we have to go seek after more. And God tells us, if you'll just be thankful for me, I'll add to you. I'll give you what you need. And so we have to trust in that. But gratitude is hard, I think, because as humans, we tend to look at what we don't have instead of what we do have. Yeah, I think, too, at when we chase all of these things, we think this was, this is what's going to satisfy me. This is really what my heart is after. And then you get it, and then you're still miserable, and you're still empty, and you're still sad. And you keep thinking, is this as good as it gets? And I think for a lot of people, it leads them to a place of ingratitude because they're desperate for something, but they don't know what it is. And we all know that it's Jesus. We all know that it's the love of the Father. And we say this a lot on this campus is we know students are seeking. They might not be seeking in the right areas, but we know that they're, they're seeking something. And I would say that's true of so many people is that they're yearning to to be satisfied, to be to be fulfilled and every time they come up short every time they go after what the world promises to them is going to be great they're miserable and so I think that can create a lot of this idea that we're not grateful is because why would you be grateful for something that's going to lead you to misery that's going to lead you to depression that's not going to fully satisfy or fulfill you that is why Christians we should be grateful we have been promised eternity with our Father in heaven. That's something to worship yeah. about, and that's something to um, be excited about as Christians. So, Yeah, and I think we focus on the wrong thing. 
Right. Um, we make a big deal out of things that life and culture makes a big deal. So this quick thought exercise, like in the book of Colossians, um, Paul talks about we always give thanks to the Lord our Father when we pray for you. And then he lists why he gives thanks for the Colossians. And we don't put a premium on things like that. We put a premium on Super Bowl winners. We put a premium on people who are successful. And so the thought experiment is is this. Name the last five Super Bowl MVPs. Name the last five Nobel Peace Prize winners, you know. Name the top, the last five, you, know, you name it, Miss USA, the last five, you know, whatever it might be in your life. We think of all these big characters as things that we should aspire to, and we focus on things like that. But Paul is not giving thanks to God for the emperor of Rome, for the governor of, of Colossus. He is giving thanks to the people who are doing the work of Jesus and who have impacted and influenced him. Mm. And so I wonder... For the people who are listening, when is the last time that you have intentionally taken a moment to be grateful for the people that God has placed in your life and what they've done for you? Um, gratitude cultivates. Like when we are intentionally thankful, it cultivates a heart of gratitude, but we have to do it. And so when it's hard, just like when anything is hard, we have to make ourselves do it. We have to be disciplined to do it. And so I have three quick steps and then saying we can move on. I just three practical steps of how to cultivate and begin practicing the art of gratefulness in your own heart. I think number one is to notice the ungrateful thoughts that enter into your head and why they enter into your head. When you're ungrateful, immediately catch it like Romans 12 tells us and to transform those thoughts by the renewing of your mind. I also think the closer we get to Jesus, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more grateful we get because we see his sacrifice. Right. Because I think, Mary, we talk about this. When you when you frame prayer and you open it with your needs before you start worshiping God, your needs become bigger than God. Mm. But when you open with adoration and worshiping God for who he is, your needs become so much more small mm. in comparison to God and his presence and That's his glory. Good. And then I think, you know, after it is just intentionally noticing ungrateful patterns and then it is spending more time with Jesus. I think number three is make yourself be grateful. For a lot of people, it's have a gratitude journal. Yeah. Be able to write down once a day five things that you're thankful for. It'll change your life because you can realize how much God has blessed you with. It's just like the Israelites. They get led out of Egypt. God is leading them through the wilderness to the promised land, feeding them manna and quail meat every single day. And they look at Moses and they're like, we want to go back into slavery mm. because they lost sight of the blessings that are in front of them. And so they want sin. And that's so often where we get, we forget what God has given us. And so we crave the things that God isn't. Can I add a practical step to that? hundred percent. When I was in college, 8 a.m.s felt like the earliest things <laughs> that ever existed. And when it would be hard for me to get up and when I would be just probably in the worst mood that I could be in all day, I would make myself be grateful. And I would get in my car and the whole way to class in the whole walk to class, I would thank God for everything that was in front of me. So like very simple things like, thank you, Lord, for a warm shower this morning. Yeah. Thank you for my car that puts off heat when it's freezing outside. Thank you that I have the ability to walk to class. You know, just very simple things that we just take for granted that we are like that. That's just normal. We should have these things. Like we feel very entitled to these things, right? Like we talked this morning, nobody appreciates breathing through both nostrils yeah. <laughs> until you have a cold and you can't breathe through your nostrils yeah. anymore. Right. So I think 
when Cooper says you need to make yourself grateful, do it. Like that's not just like, oh, I don't know how to make myself be grateful. Start saying out loud all of the things that you're thankful for, all of the things that if it was taken away tomorrow, would you be sad? And so thinking through it practically, start saying it out loud. Start saying, thank you, Lord, for this, for that. And every time I did it, every morning I would do it, my outlook on the whole day would be completely different than the days that I did not do that, that I did not make myself thank the Lord first thing in the morning for the simplest things, you know, like we all expect to have a warm shower, right? Yeah. If it was a freezing shower, I'd be even more miserable, you know, and in a warm car, you know, things that we just are like, that's, that's normal. That should happen. We shouldn't even have to think twice about it, but we should, we should be thanking the Lord. And it frames the rest of our day to have a grateful outlook on the other things that happen throughout our day that are simple or hard. It also just makes me think doing this little practical guideline here. If you're not being grateful when you're thinking, then what are you? Mm. Like when you take an honest look at your life, like look at yesterday, how many times were you intentionally grateful towards God or said thank you to God? Mm. And what does that say about your walk with Jesus? Yeah, I think an, a good thing to think through and something one of our other coworkers said the other day was, and this is a pretty common saying or question rather, but if tomorrow you only got what you think for, thank God for yesterday, what would you have in your life? Yeah, like if you only thanked God for a hot shower and that's the only thing you got today because that was the only thing you thanked God for yesterday, I think a lot of us would be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. That we're, it, it would show very quickly that we are not grateful mm. nowhere near the amount we need to be. And I think through this, I'm thankful we're talking about this, because I hope that this spurs you on past Thanksgiving. Like this shouldn't be a seasonal thing for a few weeks where we're like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Let me be more grateful. It shouldn't be once a week out of the whole year. Right. Like, or even just one day you're like, I'm with family. I'm grateful. Like praise God for that. Yeah. The one time that you're grateful <laughs> should not be at the Thanksgiving table when everybody goes around, Go around and says, I'm, and I'm thankful. Hand. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Like how can we as Christians put this into practice every day of our life, not just once a year or a few weeks out of the year. How can we be intentional about doing this every day when we wake up? And think about those hard relationships in your life, like whether it be your parents, a friend, a coach, a a coworker, a teammate, whatever it is. Oh man, if you instead of saying and looking at all the disqualifying and discontentment that you have in that person and all those qualities that make them the person that you loathe, how about stepping back and saying, how can I be thankful for that person? And what way can mm. I be thankful towards God that that person is in my life? Wow, that was really convicting for me. Thank I, you for saying that. Even for me as I was saying it, because <laughs> like, like, I got that person in my head <laughs> yeah. right now yeah. that I'm like, gosh, that one. Right. And, and every person that's listening to this will have the same exact thought. And it, le- it just leads me to the place where I think we all have people in our life that are annoying. And that we take for granted. And we're probably some of those people for a lot of people. And I know I'm that person for a lot of people, for sure. Um, But I think once you start, and we talk, and I've talked about this, and I guess I'll get into this. When you lack in love, you need to start having the attitude of gratitude. Because if you are grateful for somebody, it drives you to celebrate them, which drives you to love them. Mm -hmm. Because if I can look at somebody and I can name, even if it's one thing, 
that I'm grateful for that person for, right? Well, then I can celebrate them for that, that instance, that quality, whatever it is. And then I'm drawn in to love them more. And so I think if you're ever running out of uh, uh, the tank of love, the way you can fill that up pretty quickly is just by practicing gratitude. I have a question for you on that. Yeah. What about when you feel this, this tension in yourself of like, is this just fake? The thing that I'm trying to value in this person, I don't actually feel that way, but I'm just trying to be nice. What do you do when you're trying to figure out how can I really love this person and appreciate things about them, but I can't think of one thing that I actually appreciate. So I'm making something up and it doesn't feel genuine or authentic. It feels fake. What would you say? So one thing I teach my daughter and one thing that we've talked about, Mary, is there's a difference between niceness and kindness. Right. I don't think we're called in the Bible to necessarily be nice, but we are called to be kind. One thousand percent. But I do think if you can't be thankful for that person, you can be thankful about the situation that that person is involved in with you. So let's just okay. say they are actively um, not harming you, but they are actively a part of the reason you are in a trial or you are in a difficult season. Um, so let's just take the, the example I use a lot is betrayal. Like, how can I be thankful for the people who have betrayed me in my life? And one of the ways I look at that is I am thankful that I get to experience what it's like to love somebody that has betrayed me the same way that Jesus loves me when I betrayed him, right? And so we get to experience the love of Jesus, or as the Bible tells us, we get to join into the sufferings with Jesus, and that's how we grow closer with him. And so I'm thankful for that. But then My last point would be this. Even if I can't be thankful for them as they are, I can be thankful for the person God has called them to be. Right. That's good. Can we go off into niceness versus kindness? Oh, 100%. Okay, cool. I have like a little... Uh Uh-oh. She took out her notes. I took out my notes for this. Do it. And, And these are not even my notes. These are from my pastor because after he spoke on this a few months ago, I asked him to send me this. Because it was very convicting for me because a lot of these things I fall into the side uh, in the category of niceness rather than kindness. Teach us. So nice Christians, they want to be liked by everyone. But kind Christians want to be genuine to their faith. Nice Christians avoid conflict and drama. Kind Christians address problems. Nice Christians want what's easy. But kind Christians want what's right. Nice Christians are afraid to share God's truth. Kind Christians are willing to speak God's truth. Nice Christians take the path of least resistance, but kind Christians take the path of obedience. Nice Christians value personal comfort, and kind Christian values God's glory. A nice Christian has the goal of not offending, but kind Christians have the goal of bringing someone to Christ. Nice Christians are thinking about the moment and kind Christians are thinking about eternity. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, some of y'all need to hit pause, rewind and listen to that again. Yeah. I think I've ran into a lot of Christians who are people pleasers. Me. Especially if you've been I brought up with that. If you've been brought up in the church, I think you've been brought up um, to be a people pleaser, a holy people pleaser. I mean, we can sure. put whatever Christian spin you want on it. You don't want to offend people. You want to be nice. You want to be... You know, we throw that all things to all people around and we don't want to be an offense or a stumbling block to the gospel. A lot of times it's your niceness that's a stumbling block to Mm. the gospel because you don't have the conviction in order to stand up for Jesus um, and confront people in their sin patterns or even in their disbelief and unrepentance. Well, also, I think we've been brought up to think being nice is biblical. 
that that's what the Bible says. But the Bible being nice is say, synonymous with being a Christian, right, which is wrong, which is not right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they're like, oh, I should be nice. God calls me to be nice. God actually calls you to be kind. If you were to read scripture, Jesus wasn't nice when he was flipping those tables in the temple, but he was being kind, he was being kind and bringing truth to that situation. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of us, we have to function as kind Christians, um, not necessarily nice Christians. And I hope that translates well and you understand that for what it is, because I struggle with this and fall into the side of nice Christianity. Sometimes you can even ask my girls in my do group. I often confess to them that you I struggle nice. with people pleasing. I want yeah. people around me to like me. I want to walk out of the room and them say, wow, Mary is so great. She's so nice. She's so, she's so kind or funny to, to everyone, you know, she meets. It's a very prideful. I think when I get to the root of it, pride is the reason I want to be nice rather than kind. And, this is not aimed at you at all. This is aimed to every Christian who who just struggles in any aspect of people pleasing or any anything right. in, in leadership, especially. We have to be more concerned about the opinions of God than we do the opinions mm. of man. Say that again. We have to be more concerned with the opinions of God than the opinions of man. Right. And when we fear man more than we fear God, we often don't do what God has called us to do. That's so good. That's good. That's good. Y'all had a lot of great stuff in there. That was like, that was just jam packed one after another. Um, one thing I would just uh, add is that um, uh, my pastor growing up said, you're, you're never like, you're never more like Jesus than when you're, you're giving and serving. Yeah. And um, so I think uh, a lot of people, um, myself included, a lot of times have a life that's built around themselves. Mm. And uh, I think it's really hard to be grateful when you're only out for your own interest and your own self-interest. But when you have a life that's dedicated to other people and to serving and to uh, what the Lord has called us to, I think it's a lot easier to be grateful. Um, that being said, we'll switch up gears a little bit. Okay. What is uh, what is your what is your what is your Black Friday tradition? Day after Thanksgiving. All the family went home. So, what a, are you doing? I love lo- this question, Sam. Yeah. Thank you. It's a lot different now because a lot of the Black Friday deals they aren't real Black Friday deals. No, they're, no. they've they're been trash. doing it since like August. If it, no, 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 but I'm talking about like 30 percent off of a TV is not a Black Friday oh, that's deal. True. Like, take me back to 2010 when people were were literally. If if that deal does not make me want to wrestle another grown <laughs> woman to the ground, it is yeah. not a good enough deal to be called a Black Friday <laughs> sale. Like, where are the lines outside? You used to have to staff yeah. people at 2 a.m. You used to have to camp outside Best yeah. Buy for 12 hours. You would yeah. miss Thanksgiving with your family to go divulge in your greed and consumerism <laughs> just to get the 80-inch plasma on your yeah. wall. You, I remember, I re- Tickle Me Elmo. I, that was what? when I was like five years old. No, no, no. Pause. Can we wait, wait. just say this is, that, no, that no, 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 me no. and Sam Pause. were like, what? Immediately. Well, this, what? Is, this was the Black Friday deal before Black Friday. I remember my parents telling me that when I was like five years old, they wanted to get me this toy called a Tickle Me Elmo. I don't know I what. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yes. And but there were literally people laugh. fighting each other over these Tickle Me Elmos. If you did not, my favorite activity, Black Friday, I know I'm hogging the mic, I'll let you talk in a second, but my my <laughs> favorite it. activity on Black Friday, we never went. 
My wife, she grew up in the tradition where you would camp out, you'd wear you'd wear family t-shirts to designate who you were. No you would have way. a plan of the store, you'd have a plan of attack, like we're going here, this sale's happening here, and you would run, right? Not me. I would be the guy on Friday morning that would get on YouTube and watch all the Black Friday fights that happened that morning. <laughs> that was my Black Friday tradition, yeah. watching grown people fight each other for like a toaster oven. I love it. You want a $20 toaster oven so bad that you just caught a felony. <laughs> That's my Was Black Friday it? tradition. My Black Friday tradition, is, it's kind of changed the older I've gotten, but when I think about Black Friday traditions in my family, when I still lived at home, honestly, like these are some of my favorite memories. So I'm really thankful you asked this because nobody ever asks this question, I feel like. Um, what's y'all's biggest store in Louisville? Dollar so, General? So part, of, so part of our Black Friday tradition is going to Augusta. Oh, y'all had to, yeah, y'all we, to go on vacation. Yeah, y'all so go on vacation. This, is like, this is like a big deal. We're like driving an hour away to go <laughs> shop. Yeah. Um, my town is super small, and so we would drive to Augusta, Georgia, and me and my dad would go to the food, like the food court in the Augusta Mall, and we would just people watch. So very similar to you, but we got like it in person. And if oh, you yeah. have ever been yeah. to the mall in Augusta, it gets so chaotic. But actually, the mall like started shutting down. Like they like once it hit like. 10 p.m 11 p.m like they didn't stay open till midnight they they opened up really early the next day so like four or five so it was like weird you couldn't stay yeah. out all night but i'm a night owl so for me this was like the best dream come true like i loved staying out late y'all are night. in the big city we're in the big city the big lights <laughs> we are at the mall the parking lot was as big as we your drove an hour <laughs> to just sit in the food court and watch people but me and my dad that was like the best tradition we just had so much fun and i don't know it's it, the, to me that's very like one of a very yeah. core memory for me for some reason that's beautiful that's beautiful that is so think about you and mariah like if you were to take her and y'all just sat and you watched and you're just laughing nah, and you're if, having if you a make good me time, think about me and my daughter i'll cry that's because what I'm saying. i just love her so much like can you imagine like that's how i feel about no. me and my dad's time sitting and i watch disney pixar movies and i cry every time now there's not a <laughs> disney pixar movie i don't cry at anymore yeah, but the older I got, my parents kind of started doing their own thing. They were like, we're going to Walmart, and that's the only place. Because my dad, so my dad religiously buys TVs that he doesn't need every year at Black Friday. Like, he'll buy, like, Beautiful. five. Like, he will buy five. Do you want to know the And move? they all sit for, like, years. But that's his thing. Does if he, he sell them? No. No, no, no. <laughs> let, me, let me give. He just them. sits it's, in the garage? Yeah. No, like, like a baseball just, card collection? What? Like he collects them, like people collect no, baseball yes, cards. No, yes, actually, of, they're like outdated. In wait, like here's three a years. hey. No, yeah, he loved like when my dad doesn't purchase a TV one year, it's like bizarre. Like something's it's wrong. Very, something's wrong. It's like why didn't you like, go buy some new TV? You need to go to the so doctor. So he's the pastor at our church. So he's like, I'm buying these for the church, but then they like sit in the back of the church for years. <laughs> but it's like tradition. That is like one of my favorite things. My dad must buy here's a TV the thing. On don't Black don't buy a TV on Black Friday. Don't buy a TV on Christmas. Wait till the second week in January. Go to your Costco. Go to your Best Buy and go to the back corner where they have all the return TVs from the holiday season. Here's, here's the pro tip. All of those, you can negotiate with the store manager on price. So you can get a TV for dirt cheap if you just wait till after Christmas. You're a haggler. Hey, nope. I know that ain't the set price. 
But anyway, that was a great question because that made me think of my childhood and I, I just love all the traditions that like Thanksgiving brings and Christmas brings and I'm a big tradition girl. Like even the time change that's happening, I'm like, I'm here for it because it feels like tradition. It feels like something that's just always been and sure. I am a huge tradition girl. I love making new traditions, but I also love keeping traditions that I've always had. It's a big deal to me. Because I love like I, I love the way I grew up. I love like all the traditions my family set and I want to instill that in my family one day. I like it. No one asked me, but uh my, my <laughs> Sam, Black Friday tradition um is uh as, as a as a young a young boy, um young I would lad. weep every time we had to go to the store. No. Because mom yeah, that's a three hour ordeal if mom's going to Walmart. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be there all day, all day. All and back day. then, he couldn't just hand an iPad. No, no, mm. I gotta walk with her. I just, I just gotta walk with her around the store. I I would I would weep. It was a, it was a bad day. I was not grateful. You I was were. not thankful. <laughs> you were not practicing no, your no, gratefulness. No, so uh, young Samuel was not capturing his ungrateful thoughts no, and turning them into grateful. No, thoughts. I wasn't. No, I wasn't. So uh, around like age seven. They just stopped bringing me because I would just kind of take down the mood. Um, so dad, dad was like, well, I don't want to go either. So every Black Friday, everyone leaves the house. Me and dad, we just hang out. That's sweet. Um, what I want to do as we kind of wrap up this podcast before we end is I want to kind of look back for those of you who are listening involved with Reinhardt FCA this past semester it's been a very special semester. So I want to just take a moment and reflect, uh, Mary, what were some of your high points of FCA this past semester? For me, it, I think I will always initially go to my D group. It is one of the most anticipated times of my week. It is the, the thing that I look forward to most and it's because I have a, a D group of nine girls, nine Reinhardt girls that I meet with every Monday. And they are so committed. I love studying scripture with them. We only get about through 10 to 15 verses each week and we're there for two hours. Like we are going in and, and really digging and I love that. Like there's nothing more really that brings me life than that is to study scripture with girls and to walk deeply with them. And so we've also been going through a book and just kind of trying to figure out um, what we believe about theology and and all of that. So it's brought up a lot of really good questions and thoughts and things that I think are necessary for you to think through as a Christian and as a believer. Um, some people would say that the thing, what you believe about God is one of the most important things about you. And so um, I, I really love my D group. But I think and Cooper, you know this, and anybody that's been on this campus longer than a year, FCA has grown so, so much. The Lord has been good. Yeah, and, you know, we joke with the students who were here initially when we first got here that there was literally no one, but that's so, it's so true. There was literally, I had one girl that was committed that came every single week. Shout out to Kat. Shout out to my girl Kat. She is now helping me lead basketball team times each week. But seriously, she was the only only girl that I had on a Wednesday night that was consistent. And I think it speaks a lot, Mary. What we've experienced is a lot of people don't experience is 
the small beginnings, you have to be faithful. Right. I think a lot of people in their dreams, I think a lot of people will end a business. I think a lot of people will end a journey that God has designated them to go on because it doesn't show fruit at the beginning. But if you look at the life cycle of an agricultural year, you have to plant mm. and you have to water and you have to cultivate for a long while until you start seeing just even the sprout. Right. And then you got to keep on laboring through it all until you even get to the fruit. And then you have droughts like you think. Yeah. You think that it's coming and you're like, I'm there's a lot of momentum here. There, there's you have like one Wednesday where a ton of people show up and then the next week there's literally not one person yeah. and you're like what happened yeah and, and you start to think it's a failure of mine it is something i have done wrong what did i say wrong you start analyzing yeah. like should i have planned this event differently should I, should we do more events should we do less events like we're so concerned with like our performance and i think that just the in the lord's kindness there's nothing that cooper and i have done to grow this ministry there's nothing that we have done in and of ourselves to make this progress in the way that it has. This is only by the Lord's faithfulness and kindness to us because this ministry really has grown um, and it's fruitful. I think that's the big thing is not that it's just grown in numbers, but it's grown in depth. I think a lot of our students would say that they have become more mature Christians. It's not just a Wednesday night ministry, right? Exactly. It's a life ministry. It's not just one hour of your 168 throughout the week. Yep. It's multiple hours, and you can get involved in multiple levels. I think what we've done that has changed our FCA is I didn't preach better messages. We didn't get funnier. The games didn't get better. I think the no, most impactful— Everyone hates our game. <laughs> everyone hates my games. <laughs> I think the most impactful change that we've made— was we started having our core team show up 30 minutes early praying over the space and praying yeah. for hearts. It's huge. Um, I just think that's the engine of our ministry is prayer. And we have prayer partners. We would ask that you join us in prayer because prayer changes everything. And I think, you know, one of the beautiful things that I'm most thankful for for this past semester is probably the first six or seven meetings of FCA from that first kickoff we have at the beginning of the year until about halfway through the semester there wasn't a week where I don't think Jesus didn't bring somebody to himself. Yeah. And being a part of something like that is incredibly exciting. Sam, how about you, man? Being a, being a student, being an intern, what have you seen that you're grateful for and that encourages you this past semester at FCA? Oh, uh, man, um, so much. We, we've, come, we've come a long way. I, Mary, when you were talking about it, I was, uh, I was just thinking about uh, how far we've come. Because I, I – got to Reinhardt the same fall that that y'all two got hired and uh and those those first couple ones it was it was me Tuck Christian Morris Reese Hampton <laughs> Bill and Cooper sitting in a circle arguing about sports for 30 minutes and then we would start I was just always telling you guys how Russell Westbrook is the goat <laughs> the goat That's right um and so now to just see uh like our 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 peak like of what we had last year become almost our average in, in attendance and just seeing uh, the lives that are being changed and friends of mine that I've prayed for uh, come to Christ and get saved this semester mm-hmm. um, has been just so, so encouraging. Uh, one event we did recently that was, that was super just intimate and really sweet was we did a worship night and uh, we, we rarely do worship um, in, in that sense in like a live setting. Um, but we did, 
and and we had it kind of just in a really intimate setting in the glass house and um and everyone just sang and it was acoustic and it was it was light and it was small and uh cooper just had a great message and it was it was a very very beautiful time yeah it was super powerful night super super powerful and the feedback we got from that, Sam, kind of talk about our first time trying to do worship to that night. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have to. I, but to give perspective on how big of a deal this was for that to go well and to have good feedback compared to when we tried to do worship about a year ago. Yeah. So when, when we tried to we tried to do it a year ago, um, uh, it was you and Vinny and y'all, y'all sang, <laughs> y'all got up to the front. Uh and no one really sang along. No one. Because here, here's the main difference I think it is. It was a good decision, not a God decision. Right. It was a very good decision to introduce worship. It wasn't a God decision in the sense of our community wasn't at the place where worship needed to be introduced. Sure. They needed to be discipled a little bit first. They needed to be brought into a place where they felt comfortable in the community to be able to express in a way like that. Because a lot of the student athletes who come to FCA haven't been raised in church, haven't been brought up in that environment. And so coming to a place where they can just hang out, talk, eat, and then hear an encouraging message, break it down, be challenged. When we just introduced worship at the beginning of that, number one, number one, we didn't have the sound equipment. Right. That, number one, we didn't have the sound, we didn't have the AVL for it, and now we do. And uh, I think what also made this semester special is it was a blip in the rhythm. It was right. something that was special. It wasn't our regular sure. rhythm. So, I would say the other thing is just that as a compliment to the ministry, sure, we got better at performing, I guess. But I think much more than that, I think um, our ministry grew deeper and the people that are in FCA yeah. got ministered to to a place where it doesn't really matter what AV equipment we use. They're here to like worship the Lord and they got mm, to a place where that good. was an ability to have. Just like so that's really cool. If you're listening to this, um, the night before we recorded this, we had a a Friendsgiving for our student leadership team. And what Sam's talking about is true. We just had an acoustic guitar and voices and it was special because it wasn't about the production. It was about the voices lifting up yeah. praises towards heaven. I want, I want to say this. I hope what FCA and what we're talking about over this past year, this past semester, can be a paradigm for your life, noticing that even if you don't see fruit right now, if you are faithful to be obedient to God, He will bring forth fruit in due season. Mm. And if you're walking through a period of drought, if you're walking through a period of storm, no matter what, God is good. He controls the rain. He controls the clouds. He controls what grows and what doesn't. All we are faithful of is if all we are responsible for is if we are faithful laborers to go out, even if it's not raining, to harvest, even if it is. And if we continue to do that, if you continue to do that, God will show up in ways that you wouldn't believe just as he has for us. And he will exceed your expectations every time. Mic drop. Well, guys, happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this as we release it, if you're listening to this in the future, we hope it's been productive applicable to your faith remember to have an attitude of gratitude visit the link in bio help us send some students to collegiate summer camp where they can get an impactful experience with jesus and other students their age and community it makes a huge huge difference and also support a local business that makes high quality candles that will transform your home hey guys happy thanksgiving we love you see ya see ya bye